back to Double Dose. I'm your host, Daniel. And I'm your host, Apesh. And we're here to take you from Earth to the quantum realm. Oh, is that a that's Marvel the, reference? That's where the quantum thoughts come from. Ah, oh, I plucked them out of there. I've built something. It's in the back. I can't show you. When you ha- hit uh, the negative yeah. 238 Kelvin or whatever, yeah. zero Kelvin, then you get there, boy. I have the machine in the back, but you don't know how she goes to a different school. I, so I can't show you. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Daniel. Blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I got something for you, man. Um, are we, do I have a bit of an echo? Am I just getting used to the mics? I think if we talk really loud, it ends up echoing. Okay. I don't know why. It's so fucking annoying. I'm going to talk real slough. I'm going to talk real soft for you, your <laughs> folk. Okay, sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's get stuck in. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you about uh, someone called Dr. Ellis Silver, who's an ecologist, um, and he's studied evolution, and he has a book called... Humans are not from Earth. Okay. Uh, it claims that we were brought here tens of thousands of years ago by aliens. And his reason reasoning is um, humans appear so un, uh, unable to cope with life on Earth and don't appear to have evolved here. On top of the abnormally developed brain we have, he puts forth that there are four human ecological characteristics that are not in line with Earth's living environment. Wow. First is the low back pain reaction. He pointed out how humans regularly suffer from bad backs, which he theorized was because we life evolved on a planet with lower gravity. A medium, all medium and large animals on Earth do not walk upright. This also makes humans incompatible with the laws of evolution, mm-hmm. this is supposedly. Um, the second is that the skin is fragile. For a planet full of ultraviolet rays from the sunlight and other harsh environments, human skin is just too fragile. Other animals on Earth can survive in nature without any damage. Evolution tells us that humans lost their hair that initially would have protected them. Uh, The third is difficulty in childbirth. In the past, the mortality rate of childbirth was extremely high. Other animals just don't have this problem. Um, I'd also say um, probably domesticated animals probably do have that problem, but I guess wild animals yeah don't it was more, that problem. more of a problem selective breeding for people yeah um animals can also walk run swim as soon as they are born and humans are pretty much just useless as soon as they're born yeah uh the fourth is chronic disease humans are very susceptible to chronic disease and animals don't uh we are susceptible to colds our food needs to be cooked but animals aren't picky with all any of that stuff and i will add i tried to do some research to find out if animals really do get chronic diseases and um from what I could read, which I haven't gotten deep into, um, they've, uh, many of them have evolved to avoid showing signs of illness. So I might need to read into that okay. to find out what yep. that means. Um, and then he goes on to say that while Earth um, approximately meets human needs as a species, but perhaps not as strongly as whoever, whoever um, brought humans to the planet initially thought. Bizarrely, he believes Earth could actually be some kind of galactic jail. I've heard of this theory. Pretty interesting. And I will add um, that... Some scientists have claimed that they cannot rule out that panspermia, the hype, the pan, panspermia hypothesis, that bacteria distributed by space dust, asteroids, and meteors arrived on Earth and sparked life. And um, I found this little um, article. In 1998, two rocks from outer space forced their way into Earth's atmosphere, one hitting Morocco, while the other one landing near a basketball court in Texas. It was not revealed whereabouts in Morocco that the first one smashed down. An analysis was carried out through the international collaboration of scientists at the United States Department of Energy's Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. They revealed that two of the space rocks, both of them, discovered in Morocco and Texas contain 
hydrocarbons, acids, and other organic substances. More importantly, however, the meteorites were found to carry water within them, the most essential element for life as we know it. Wow. What a journey. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, so much. Uh, and I kind of got a little two-parter going on there. But uh, Ellis Silver's um, theory, uh, I mean, I think it's plausible. We don't know. We don't know. Um, it is interesting. You know, we do all have back pain. A lot of us humans. Um, childbirth is. I mean, with modern, without modern science, uh, it was a very high mortality rate. How long ago were they saying humans have came here? Because there's you know bones of human-like things for like a million years mm, or mm. so, right? And then I guess you could possibly go down the 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 way of um saying maybe we got spliced with alien DNA and we were created. Or yeah. we were brought here and we were at a stage where we could probably were similar enough with um, the most advanced apes blended. I, I don't know. But interesting. Yeah, there's that picture where it's depicting the aliens splicing the chimp DNA with their own, mm. making us. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty cool. And um, I think those are some pretty good points. Um I don't know about the lower back pain thing and the chronic disease thing because I'm like, I'm sure before we started introducing all this crazy shit to our food, we probably didn't have as many diseases as right. we do now. Right. In terms of like, you know, diabetes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Also before modern medicine where people were kept alive way less, you know, infection would have killed you most of the time. And I feel like people were heaps sturdier back then. But yeah, they get back pain, but I feel like the living like natural life, like tribal lives and, you know, squatting all day. I feel like since the industrial revolution where it's like one person needs to do a certain task over and over and over again versus having someone in the jungle, you know, doing a hunting gathering, doing a wide range of things, those guys barely have back pain. I I would say from what I've seen, it's not like, you know, I'm sure they do, but I would say probably less than average here. Hmm. I'd say the average person over there, like the way they squat, they're, they're walking barefoot most of the time. Shoes could have a big, have a massive imp- yeah. impact on um, yeah, for sure, for sure, back pain. So, I mean, this is a old book. Um, I believe. When it was do you know when it was made or written or where he claimed let's to have do a this? Quick little look, shall we? Yeah, mate. I also think, yeah, the disease thing is potentially. It depends when it was written, but I'm sure chronic disease was way less. Like they keep saying illnesses, uh, like the hospital care just in um, in budget and and uh, in general just keeps going up for people because people get more and more sick. Supposedly 2017, which is a bit strange. Oh, that's way newer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, me too. What's he basing this off? Any scientific thing or he's just a gut hunch? He's an ecologist, but I don't know. Okay. I mean, like, you, it's its food for thought, I guess. It's yeah. interesting. Um, I, 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 I did, I did, I did not realize though. Yeah, it's like very rare to find anyone that will live a life without any chronic disease. If if anything, it, it shows up early. If it doesn't, it's hundred percent going to come up later in life. Mm-hmm. And animals just don't seem to do that. Okay. From what um, I can see, I. Th- and the childbirth what, what thing you, as well. What did you think about it? I thought it was very interesting. I mean, look, I wouldn't necessarily say that we're uh, on Earth in a galactic jail cell, but at the same time, it is very interesting to 
think that if we're all animals and creatures of Earth, why is our skin so terrible for the environment, natural environments of Earth? Why are we so bad at childbirth? Why dark skin people are fine, no, dude? You can still you can still get sunburned. You can, but not as easy. But like an animal could just spend all day and not get. Yeah, but sunburned. he was talking about the hair. We used to be heaps hairier. Yeah, but why would that have gone? Well, we didn't need it. I don't think we would have been indoors. Also, that I've, much like I would say to lose uh, it. I probably would say I think black people. I, I don't think I've ever seen a black person with crazy hairy arms. Have you? And I guess it depends on the country they come from. I, I don't know. I'm talking maybe like Sudanese or something like that. Or I've never noticed they have any hair. It's like almost they're hairless. I guess it depends what area you're from. Um, I ain't seen no Robin Williams arms. On, yeah, like, those, are, those are pretty hairy. On, but at the same time, like, why, on, why would on, you have lost that? Why would we have lost that? Because we, even when we started bring, um, having shelters to, and stuff like I that, the, it would have been so much outdoor lifestyle. was to be for warmth. Right. And so, in places that are really hot, you don't need it, mm. I would assume. But more, the more hotter the climb, the more hairy people are, because it directs what? sweat. Oh, shit. I'm India, man. But what about- um? But then I'm thinking about people near the equator, like mm. Africa and shit. Well, you got uh, Middle, East and, Middle East and Indians and all that. They're very hairy people. But not African people. And it's hot as fuck there. I, I don't know. It's a hard thing to say. I don't know every um, type of African- Person like I've seen African people with hair, and I've seen pe- African people with like no hair. You know, not, most they, I've seen almost hair. They wouldn't all be the same. No, I'm not in Africa, every, you know, every, that's what I'm saying. Everything is the same, but so I, I can't, I can't make, I can't, I can't confidently say that. Okay. Yeah. The Northern European countries, mm. they're hairy as fuck. Yeah, yeah, and then also you have Asian people that um no hair, no hair. So, I mean, I don't know. Whereabouts this would have, where we started would have dropping off hair, but at the same time, why would we have dropped, started dropping it off? Because if when we even started making shelters, we were still living a very active outdoor lifestyle, and there wasn't been door, closed doors and windows. Because the hair was like, the, and we're talking the, all the body, deciding, full yeah, body. Yeah, the, the deciding factor for having hair would have been: you have hair, you you survive; you don't have hair, you die. That's how long ago it would have started changing. You don't have hair, you die. You don't have hair, you die. Like, oh, let's say, you know, in the um, in the wilderness, like mm. cold, mm. like the snow. Yeah. If you don't have a beard, big hairy chest, big hairy arms, like a, almost like a fucking chimp. Um, if you didn't have that, then you're dead. So, then how do we end up losing it? You know, that's an interesting yeah, because, thought. Uh, because it was then not a choice of natural selection anymore. It was the choice of, um, well, it doesn't matter. Like, for instance, <coughs> survival of the fittest doesn't matter anymore because you can heal anyone pretty much, right? But I'm thinking so whether you have to get here. flat feet or whether you have bad back or whatever it is, you don't need to be lifting to survive. You don't need strength to survive anymore. So, the strongest aren't going to survive. It's going to be everyone lives. Say you're from your earliest ancestor that was full body hair yeah. to the modern day human. Yeah. I don't see how why we would have had to lose the hair. Because you didn't need it. Why wouldn't you have? What do you mean? The environment has not changed. Doesn't matter because you're not naturally selecting the hairiest people anymore. So you're saying we actively found less hairy Neanderthals more attractive than I hairy think, ones. No, I think it would have been real back in the day that he's a big hairy fucking dude. Mm. So he is very manly, mm. very like strong, uh, very masculine and probably very athletic. And also, um, probably maintains warmth really well. 
Yeah, you're saying all these examples of people that have hair. Yeah. We don't have hair anymore. Yes. Why don't we have hair anymore? Because then someone is, gets born without hair. Yeah. Right? And then it's like- But they wouldn't have survived then. Huh? They wouldn't have survived. Straight harsh sun right on the skin. N- no protection during the cold weather. Oh, we would have gone past that already. We would have. We've already. We would have already evolved past there into having houses and having shelter. I don't think it would have been that quick. Yeah, I don't think so. Huts, huts. Yeah, but think about the huts. There's no freaking doors and windows sealed shut. It's just freaking oh, a roof over your out, head. But, yeah, but it, it does not sun on your body. But you're outdoor all day. That's just a place to sleep. You're working out. You know, you're you're jumping the timeline too close to us. There's a long period of time where a freaking couple of barks over your head was the hut. It's completely out there, so there's no- Yeah, and it's slowly fading. The wind you is constantly- You still have uber hairy people now. The, the sun's coming, the sun's beating down when you're working all day to get whatever you need for the day, food and provisions and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. making stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at nighttime, snow and stuff, and where's like, you, what do you got? An animal pelt. Yeah. I, I'm, we had to get there. Yeah, It's interesting. Discovery of fire? Yeah, yeah fire would have- but then, like you know, um, these these races that are like from like Siberia and stuff. Like, how did they manage? Oh, it would have been tough. <laughs> it was just constant death. So that, hey. that, that 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 does for me. It does make me think. I'm like, mm, our skin is pretty shit for the natural environments of Earth, where every but other like creature only can just handle in Australia, it. Australia, right? It's really bad. I'm sure uh, you ain't getting skin cancer over in Europe like you are here. You have a lower chance, Crazy but the low. sun's still as harsh. And if animals can handle it all year round, for yeah. and they haven't changed, so they've always been in the same environments. Why are they more stronger for the natural sun? Because they haven't evolved to. to but wouldn't you? Wouldn't you though? It's interesting. We're talking, dude. The evolution can happen over very quickly, right? They look at the. Um, We're talking worldwide, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all happened very quick. I think it's it. There was a definitely a big leap all of a sudden, but yeah, it's just I don't I don't know why we why this skin is so fragile to the natural elements of the of Earth. Oh, you mean why wouldn't it have thrived in the sun? Well, just I mean, like uh, I'm picturing a, a lion, right? Just uh. chilling in the freaking. It's got Harsh. hair. It's got hair. Yeah. We would have required to keep the hair to battle the elements. We can't just start losing it all of a sudden. Well, it must be it must be some sort of like hormonal imbalances start happening. As we become more intelligent, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's something else is happening. As soon as you get more intelligent, you start getting a receding hairline and it just carries throughout your whole back and stuff. No, no. But like it it it's it must be a more animalistic way like you know like um for instance you can have like a really aggressive wolf-like dog with really thick hair Mm. and then you get like really plain more submissive dogs that have very little masculine features compared to another aggressive dog right Mm -hmm. they have like aggressive dogs like big shoulders broad buff yeah um aggressive jaw uh, very sharp teeth and like po- usually pointed ears or something like that and very like mm, thick mm. hair versus like the more puppy-like it becomes, the more submissive and domesticated it becomes. Mm-hmm. There was a, um, uh, a short oh, so documentary. You're saying, so, what you're saying is 
with more intelligence, the less aggressive we had to be. So it, yeah. in na- within nature, we Those started things- losing the the survival traits yeah the survival traits mm, go away mm, so mm. there was a document small small documentary short film done on called the white fox experiment mm. and they got the white foxes done in russia and they got the white foxes and they wanted to put uh see the nature versus nurture side yeah so what they've done it's a terrible life for these animals but this is russia so it's crazy and they put all these dogs inside um they got 50 50 sorry 50 foxes that were they selected from the wild and they found 50 um, of the most aggressive they could find and they got 50 of the most submissive and calm traits like mm. just just emotionally so they were tested like hold a stick to it how would they react um you know would they immediately try and anger like go rage at the stick or would they immediately like do nothing Cower. or like or, or rub up against it to try and get affection mm. you know so they bred only the 50 of the most aggressive dogs together. And they've been doing this for about 25 generations because I, I they can get like the, you know, the the generation lifestyle in cycle in like a couple of years. Like dogs mature very quick. Mm-hmm. And so foxes are like just as quick, I think. Yeah. But um, a couple of years and they're ready to have another. Technically like six months old, they can have like a puppy, another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty quick. They got them and they got the 50 of the most submissive, most calm, and the 50 most aggressive, and they kept breeding them together. The 50 of the most aggressive got even more aggressive. Like, I'm talking, they just put the hand up, and they're like, we do the same thing every day. We walk past, put our hand at the cage, do this, blah, blah, blah. Next person. Um, sorry, I got something in my throat. That's water. That's a double dose in, um, influence water. Like it. by double dose. Get yours at doubledose.com.au. We don't have a website. <laughs> Don't go to that website. Immediate. Um, uh, dark web. Yeah. <laughs> to the dark web. It's a water from the dark web. We, we can't tell you where it's from. Can only buy a dog coin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Crypto, um, cr- crypto water. We got a DDP coin. <laughs> yeah, we should get a DDP coin. It um, looks like this. Yeah, it looks like a pill. Um, so then they got 50 of the most submissive and they bred them together. And the 50 that be- were the most submissive became even more submissive mm. and they thought they were to the point of being domesticated that they could just take them out of the cage and snuggle them right that they were and they had no human affection other than just the simple tests day yep. to day right which is like you know stick blah 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 food feed react how is it the fi- the 50 that were more submissive started developing puppy like features on their body so their tails were like more less puffy and mm. they would get less stripes um and they said they would have like different shapes and their, and their ears started to change shape and stuff like that. Over how many years is this? Like a no, 25, 25 years? Gener- generations. Wow. 25 generations they've been doing I it. thought it would take a lot longer, but that's interesting because obviously I've, I know that all the dogs we have today are from wolves, but even then I have such a hard time understanding how the hell do you- Like a pug to wolf. How right? do you get that? Like wh- I, I know like some, some dog uh, breeds were so specifically made. Fox experiment. I know some dogs have specifically been manufactured, like um, the Shih Tzus. Yeah. Like, that takes patience and, and thought and determination to get that specific thing in mind. Like, I feel like they knew what they were looking to get. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. And they were like, oh, I like this. Let's just keep breeding it. Yeah. Those that, that I, I find it really hard to understand how they get there. But then if you're saying it's just over... 
20 odd generations. Um, that's yeah. pretty quick. It started in 1952. She began to collect the tamest foxes from fur, fur farms. They began with 30 male foxes and 100 vixens, most of them from a commercial fur farm in Estonia. And from the beginning, chose foxes solely for tameness, allowing only a tiny percentage of the male offspring and slightly larger percentage of females to breed. The foxes were not trained in order to ensure the tameness was a result of genetic selection and not environmental influences. From the same reason, they spent most of their lives in cages and were only permit, um, permitted brief encounters with human beings. Mm. After the fo- fox had reached sexual maturity at an age of seven to eight months, they had their final tests and assigned an overall tameness score. Among the factors that went into the score were tendency to approach the experimenter standing, him, standing in front of their pen. Blah, 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 still being done. When the pup is one month old, the experimenter offers food with his hand, trying to stroke and handle the pup. The pups are tested twice, once in a cage and once moved freely and the other pups in the closure. By the 20th generation, 35% were elite and by the 30th generation, 70 to 80% of the selected generation was elite. Results. Behavior, but also psychological First uh, psychological change detected in tame foxes were lower adrenaline levels, theorized that adrenaline might share biochemical pathway with melanin, which controls pigment production in fur. Very interesting. Here you go. Very Here we go. Hypothesis that said since being confirmed by research, after eight to ten generations, the tame foxes began to develop multicolored coats. Dude, I think you're onto something. It's like almost like- I was fucking uh, tuning in, you see? Dude, it's almost like we got soft and we lost the fur. We don't need to look at an aggressive, um, like a Sasquatch anymore. So multicolored coats is comes from domesticated animals more than wild ones. This was followed by the development oh, yeah, that of makes sense. floppy ears that makes and roll tails similar to those of breeds in dog. Wow! After fifteen to twenty generations, a very small percentage of the tame foxes developed shorter tails and legs and underbites and or overbites. The experimenters also discovered that the domesticated foxes show a fear response several weeks later than their wild counterparts linked to changes in plasma levels in corticosteroids. Oh, in corticosteroids, hormones concerned with the animal's adaption to stress. After 12, gen- 12 generations of selective breeding, the cortisol levels in the tame foxes were slightly more than half in the level of the control group. After 20 to 28 to 30 generations, the level had halved again. At the same time, the tame fox's brains contained higher levels of serotonin. Moreover, tame male fox's skulls gradually became more narrower, more like those of the female, and litters became on average one pup larger. That is All this crazy shit happens when you become more domesticated. I just can't believe how they were... I mean, first of all, the dedication to do that experiment... Incredible. Yeah. But, um, I can't believe how quickly they were able to... I feel like that. I would have to teach my son and he would have to teach his grandson to keep doing but this experiment talking, to find become, out. But it, uh, in eight months, they can produce another one. So, it's not even one year they can get to the next generation. Still, but like, you know, in terms of evolution, when we hear it from our heads, it takes yeah, thousands if not millions of years to get traits and to forcefully get... Yeah, but this is forcefully done. I know, like, but like, I, I just feel like- We're not selecting like that, dude. I just feel, But you like, know? you can get it very quickly. If you were super tall and married another super tall person and had a baby with yeah, them- Yeah, I guess so. And I then guess so. your offspring yeah. would immediately be huge. And you just keep marrying specifically like six 
foot five people only. Yeah. And yeah. imagine imagine what you would do in four to five generations. You would already start seeing different traits, probably mm, in hormone mm, levels too. Mm, mm. It's just that we're not testing this mm. stuff. That's like borderline, like World War What's II it shit. Uh, epigenetics? Oh, eugenics. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It keeps going on and on. Silver Fox Experiment is what it's called. Sorry, not White Very, Fox very interesting, man. I like that. That's pretty cool. I'm going to have to read up on that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Write that down. Write this down. They bred over 45,000 foxes. Yep. How many? They 45,000. God damn. That's so many. <laughs> yeah. And, and a group of animals had Shit. emerged that was tame and as eager to please as a dog. Wow. From a, from a, Here I am in my head thinking it took... Tens of thousands of years to get the grey wolf to the dog. Man, these cavemen probably just were like, uh, hold on to it for like my son, my from me to my son, we got a nice little puppy. Yeah. And listen to everything I say. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. That's really cool. I I just, I couldn't understand how we got fucking Sharpays and Shih Tzus and Imagine all that Imagine what they could do in a couple hundred years. Yeah. But we forcefully breed dogs. Mm-mm. Imagine what you could do in a thousand years with a couple dogs. Do you think there's a... Do you think it's like a endless combination of um, dogs we can get? We just we're going to constantly see something we've never seen before. Well, not endless, no, not endless. We're probably like near the max already. Is it? Do you think? We've Quantum gone from, thoughts. Do you think we've gone from grey wolf to all these different variety breeds, and then there's going to be one point where you can you can't go further, and there's just this this end, or the the omega dog, which is just like. A trait from all dogs, and you can't push it any further. All dogs end up slowly just turning into this. No matter where they're from in the world, they just slowly start turning into this one breed of dog unify all over the world. It'll never happen. (laughs) What if there's this little trait in every dog, and every time you keep mixing it, it's just getting more and more of the same DNA, and it's slowly getting to a single point. Mutts, mutts all eventually look similar. They do. Yeah, and they're the I best ones. They like, last humans, the longest. I think if we all did that as humans, you just start mixing the gene pool. We would look at some like sort of Asian hybrid fusion. Well, I we guess we're starting to do that now. Now that um, flying around is so easy, and people are meeting yeah. people overseas constantly. Um, we are like really the like out the Gen X and and our gen are like the first generation to really start getting amongst different cultures intimately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, every other, before that, it was like don't. Talk to anyone else. Stick to your own clan. Yeah. That's pretty... Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we would eventually be some... In a couple hundred years... A couple thousand years... The Omega years, dog. It, the We're Omega gonna, human the will Omega be human. some sort of Asian hybrid. It'll just be this uh, Moccacino Bambino. Moccacino Bambino. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to read up on this. Uh, uh, it reminded me of this um, hawk goose effect. Let me have a little quick skim over here. Mm-hmm. Of hawk goose effect refers to a behavior observed in some young birds when another bird flies above them. If the flying bird is a goose, the younger birds show no reaction. But if the flying bird is a hawk, the young birds either become more agitated or cower in to reduce the ang- or cower to reduce the anger. As part of the introduce in, uh, introducing experimentalism into animal behavior research, they performed experiments in which they made two-dimensional silhouettes of various bird-like shapes and move them across the young bird's line of vision. Goose-like shapes were ignored, while the hawk-like shapes were produced a response. It's pretty interesting. I'd have to look into that whole experiment. Something that's just born into um, animals. Especially to just see a silhouette and know the difference. Pretty cool. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Oh, you got something for me? Um, It's a quantum thought. Oh, damn. You found the machine in the back. I did. Damn. I don't know how you and operated it's actually that. got to do with um what you were saying before about evolution and stuff. And Perfect. it's this, this idea that are plants actually farming us? Mm. Let me explain. So, the first life that evolves on Earth before animals are even there are- Plants, mm. right? Yep. It's like uh, flora and fauna. It's like that little microbiome level existence. Yeah. And the plants like grow and the plants grow and create the oxygen and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then the plants are probably like, well, how am I going to produce and get more of my plant seeds spread around? How am I going to get, um, you know, my... <sighs> my most optimal efficiency of growth. How am I going to get things to be like uh, used and eaten and, and, you know, fertilized and whatever it is and moving around a lot more. Mm. So whatever like microbacteria comes onto the plant, whether it's a bug or a caterpillar, like the first life on earth, right? That little plant is probably like, Hey, if I can optimize my efficiency and my growth to, to help grow this little thing, this thing will want to either eat me more or spread my pollen more or do my thing. So then the plant might change. It's, it's, it's been proven mm. that the plant can adapt and evolve its own chemistry mm. to live in the environment that it's in. So does it then start producing and living in this environment that it's like, hey, I should farm and grow the things around me so I can become more fruitful. So instead it's of like us- a symbiosis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a- so has the plant really it's grown? Like it's like us? a chicken or she's like a chicken or the egg. It's like yeah, and and then it's more that the environment grow, grows, mm. and they're like, well, for these things to move around, it needs a shitload of oxygen. So I'm gonna just make that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, very, very interesting. So uh- the plant was here before us mm. for sure. Well, what, for sure it was. What, it had to be would here it, what, before what, oxygen what, was here. Would it have been a plant or like a fungus, a mold? <sighs> yeah, it would have because been I guess bacteria. A fungus yeah, is fuck? fungus is almost even come from a fungus is yeah. almost a between a uh, living bacteria and a bacteria uh, and a plant. Yeah, and it's almost like they just went in two different directions. Yeah, one was like an animal and one was a plant. I feel like it would have started with like some sort of like mossy. Fungusy yeah, growth, right? Yeah, fu- fungusy stuff. And I guess simultaneously, maybe they both went in different directions and were like, we help each other out. We keep- yeah, yeah. So maybe like- The, the plants grew us. Earth, they farmed Earth us. Earth itself, is, it's, we are all of it, creating it. Um, I like that, dude. That's pretty cool. And then you even, um, you get like meat eating plants, which is f- crazy. Like the yeah. Venus flytrap. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, they're like, I'm just going to actually grow these things so I can yeah. eat them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so crazy when you think about how the earth was formed and I just keep thinking, how do, why do people like, when, when you're throwing like garbage on the road, I'm like, what are you doing with yourself, man? Yeah. Like you're, I just see people like hoik something out the window and I go, is it that hard that you can't just wait till you get out of your car and just take it with you? I think um, they're just too caught up with the city lifestyle, the rat race that they forget how beautiful nature is. It is. And when they see it and they're like, oh man. I've been living in this shithole, yeah. fucking concrete and steel. Looks how beautiful it is. So fresh and beautiful to, on the eyes. It just makes you feel so nice. And why would you want to, to damage man. that? Yeah, you know, I don't know why you would want to just like, ah, oh man, I, I, it really upsets me when you go to like a beautiful park or something like that or like a Blue Mountains or something and you just see rubbish on like a track and you're like, 
man, this is such a nice place. Are you going to do that? Like, Yeah. But what are your thoughts about that on the, um, the plants have grown us? I like the idea of that because it's almost like, uh, but I, I, I think I like the idea of like, we've, we, we help each other. Um, cause animals have evolved to get certain plants from food from plants. And like you said, plants have evolved to get the most out of us. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like I remember, um, seeing that wasn't, wasn't, um, how one of Darwin, Darwin's hypothesis is, um, even proven where there was a specific bird which had a beak and he couldn't find anything that this bird ate. And then he, he observed it putting its long beak down the stem of a plant and it was like, oh, well, this bird has a, developed an, a, a beak to get specifically down this plant's shoot yeah. to feed. But then did the plant um, get that shape to be more so spread for the out bird? by from the bird? Yeah. yeah. Mm, Chicken on the egg. Chicken on the egg, yeah. They fir- I think they they um, proved it was the chicken. That a chicken was an yes. offspring of the thing that randomly could just genetically make an egg. The first genetic on paper chicken would have come from the egg of its ancestor. No, but- the one before they could. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. The, the first the chicken would be the first one because you can't have a chicken's egg without the chicken giving it. Yeah, that's it. Popping the egg out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, but it seems very logical to me. Um, that's cool, man. Um, have you seen any examples of that specifically? Um, of the plants mm. thing? Mm. Just trying to think. Um, I mean, you know, we yeah, we do heavily re- rely on them for oxygen. Well, it's like those plants that can only be spread its seed a lot of the time by going through the gut of another animal. Yeah, there's some sort the birds, of monkey. The, the birds as well, like they just eat and then shit somewhere else, and the, yeah, but the seed the spreads. Seed, the seed can't actually burst out of yeah. um, its capsule yeah. until it's been eaten and digested mm. by something. Yeah, yeah. There's a like a monkey that does it as well. It eats the fruit and then the the seed comes out, but then it's primed for fertilization. Isn't that also a f- specific coffee bean? Yeah, that's the world's the- strongest coffee. Oh, it's from the poo. Yeah, it comes from the poo. The, the digestive tract does something else and then the bean comes out completely whole mm. and then they go and pick out the bean from the poo. When we're saying the strongest coffee, are we just talking like caffeine rating? Yeah, caffeine, high, high um, in caffeine. So that, it probably tastes like shit, like little shit. It probably tastes extremely bitter. Yeah. You can buy it. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. What, do you reckon rich people would buy that and pretend they like the taste of that? No. Just but who's buying that? You just want to try. It's a novelty. Novelty? Okay. It's not, so, no, like coffee aficionados, aficionados I'm going, mm, I can taste, mm, I can taste I some think, floral I notes. I can taste some berries. It's way too bitter. It's way too bitter. Okay. I love when you like meet a full coffee snob and you're like, dude, yeah, if I did a blind test, you would not know. I can tell when it's good or bad. I can tell when it's good or bad. Um, but I think a- it also comes down to who makes it. You know, anyone, yeah, can, yeah. anyone can mess around with a machine and get a coffee extraction. But I, you've been, we've all been to cafes where consistently when we're going to work where you knew the coffee was going to be good because the, a certain barista was on. Yeah. And it's the same bean, same machine. The guy with the curly moustache, I want him to make yeah, my yeah. drink. No, don't don't give me my coffee. I want him to make my coffees. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm just washing dishes, dude. No, no, you're making coffee. Dude, when I was working at the sports club, there was a guy who was quite burly, uh, a large fella, and he was the dish pig. 
And man, I uh, look. People didn't finish their food, and I saw him multiple times while washing the dishes, just taking handfuls of chips and pizza and eating it while he's washing the food. People's leftovers. I don't. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I don't know, man. This thing, like, who knows how this has been sitting out? You don't know who's touched this food, and he's over here gone. And then I'm pretty sure one night he put on some cologne and was going to a brothel. So that's that. <laughs> he goes, I got a, sm-, and he was so sweaty after work because after you work in a club, you were just covered with a thin film of grime and he put on cologne. I said, where are you going? He goes, you know where I'm going. And then he goes, got a small nice for the ladies. And I went. Are you sure he didn't go to a, uh- the clubs after and do I'm some more dancing very more, sure. s- more I'm, sweaty I'm very sure yeah he went to another club and was like are you gonna eat that going to their dishes yeah yeah <laughs> doing another another kitchen hand yeah job. oh that's so gross man <sighs> it's not the worst thing ever I've been so tempted sometimes when I walk past the table and I'm starving yeah. and I can see that they've left pretty much an untouched entire pa- like yeah, a, a basket of chips yeah, and yeah. they just walked away and I'm like so tempted to just grab a handful and shove it in my mouth. That's not off-putting to me. It's the fucking pizza that's got like half a a pizza slice resting on top of a pizza slice that's got bites out of it and it's oh, just okay. it's, and the cheese has got all rubbery and plasticky because it's just sitting around the chips are all cold. They've all been like cut open with the whatever schnitzel was on the plate you know like that's stuff you don't want to touch. People have been all up in that food. Mm. Um, yeah, but like we used to do uh, catering uh, functions and stuff and there'd be platters of food and we, yeah, we'd take leftovers and eat that because obviously yeah. people are just serving off a platter, Yeah. but they're not, it's not like a personal dish where people have been like all up in there. Yeah. I don't yeah, want yeah. to touch that, that, that stuff. Nah. Okay. That, there's a line. There's a line. Yeah. yeah. And look, Hey, if I was starving, go for it. Yeah. Okay. But I got, I got standards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, I got something else for you. Yeah. I want to call. I want to talk to you about the Sphinx of Bolochiston, if I'm pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to bring up a photo for you. I'm going to zoom in a little bit. All right, all right, all right. We'll bring it up on the screen for those of you watching. Um, so journalists pass this structure off as a natural formation, while others believe it to be a previous construction of another Sphinx. Concealed within the desolate rocky landscape of Makran coastline of southern Balakistan, Pakistan, this marvel went unnoticed for centuries. A glance at the impressive sculpture shows the Sphinx to have a well-defined jawline and clearly discernible facial features such as eyes, nose, and mouth, which are placed in seemingly perfect proportion to each other. The Sphinx appears to be decked up in a headdress that closely resembles a Nemes headdress of the Egyptian pharaoh. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. It has two large conspicuous flaps which hang down behind the ears and in front of the shoulders. The ear flaps can be discerned on the Balochistan Sphinx as well as some stripe marks. The Sphinx has a horizontal groove across its forehead which corresponds to the pharaoh, pharaoh, uh, pharaonic headband and that holds the Nemi's headdress in place. Um, I've got another f- image that someone's broken down over here which is pretty interesting to look at mm. um, you can easily see the contours of the reclining four legs of the sphinx which terminate in a very well defined pause um, it's a bit hard to believe that nature could have carved this statue out um, oh, no, no, that no, resembles a well nature no it, it, it clearly resembles a, a well known mythical creature yep pretty accurate and 
Um, I'll bring up another image on screen for those of you watching, but I'm showing Daniel this um, image where someone's kind of labeled out what this Sphinx is sitting on it. It does look to be that these uh, man-made pillars, you can definitely see like there's some sort of step-looking things. There's these symmetrical patterns. Yeah, and yeah, that, there's that some looks sort of like, temple that being built That looks like built to out. me something was purposely built there. That doesn't look natural to me. That's not natural at all. Um, in Pakistan. Interesting. How close is that to Egypt? Um, so it's it's east of Egypt. Um, let, let's bring How up the far? maps. Because the, the Egyptians went all the way to Australia. Don't so, they? I mean, you know, Egypt's close to Middle East and then Pakistan's close to Middle East. So let's have a look. If it's not that far, I'm sure they might have gone there. Egyptians. Egyptians made it to Australia. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's hieroglyphs here in Australia. There is. Okay, so you got Pakistan there and Egypt there. So it's oh, I mean, they could have walked it. Definitely, definitely plausible, and I, I believe it. Very I reckon there was uh, maybe an exchange of knowledge, and they were trying to build something, or or they were trying to get things going on there. I wonder why the Sphinx. It's definitely not finished, and it definitely looks like something was there, and it definitely looks also like um, something happened to cover it. How old is Islam? Oh, that's tough, man, because. That was like the center for science before like Catholicism took over the bloody world. Yeah. So it's old as seventh century. I thought it'd be older than that. Hmm. Youngest of the major world religions. It's the youngest? No. Hinduism is Hinduism is younger. No, sorry. Wait, what am I saying? It's the youngest. Oh, it's the youngest? It's the youngest of all major religions. That is doesn't make sense to me. Look, although the roots go back further, scholars typically date the creation of Islam to 7th century, making it the youngest of the major world religions. Islam started in Mecca in modern-day Saudi Arabia during the time of the protest of Muhammad's life. Today, the faith is spreading rapidly throughout the world. What are classified as um, major, was it major religions? What's in that list? Christianity, yeah, Hinduism, Buddhism. That's insane that it's that fucking cooked and it's the newest one. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Sikhism, Baha faith, Jainism, Shinto, Taoism, Zoroastrianism, Confucianism, Kadiosism, Chinese folk religion. There's a lot. Catholicism, Protestantism, Protestantism, sorry, Tenrikyo. Ten Pentecostalism, traditional African religions, Eastern Orthodox Church, Sunni Islam, and Seventh Day Adventist. That's a huge list. Yeah, eighteen. I don't think there was that many major ones. Uh, wow. Christianity is thirty-one percent of the world. Islam is twenty-four, but it's so little. It's so young, and it's twenty-four percent of the world. Mm, interesting. Hinduism is only fifteen percent. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, if we can- what? Oh, I mean, Catholicism just fucking, they just was a tirade. Uh, uh, they just they just took over the whole world. Yeah, they just took over. Convert or kill you. Yeah, that's it. That's the only reason they're on top. Listen to my religion of peace or I will fucking kill yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I will shoot you with my gun. Everything you believe in, forget it right now. Yeah. Write, write this down. This is what so you Father, know. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is what you know now. Write this down. Yep. You go to heaven <laughs> and you do not see me there. You're going to hell. Is he Catholic? That guy, Christian? <laughs> it must be. <laughs> it's big in like in African shit too. Yeah, they got all the missions that go over there yeah, and all yeah, that yep, sort of yep, stuff, yep, right? Yep, 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 yep. Um, so yeah, man, what do you think of that uh, Balakistan Sphinx? You reckon that's man-made or natural? That's man-made. I believe the but same, to man. Me, I don't, uh, the Egyptians probably went there and there was probably something going on with them. It's, it can walk by land. 
They definitely went there. This ships, is um, ships went all over the world. This is really far out, and it was it would never have been um, discovered if they hadn't started building a freeway, and it was only accidentally found while the construction of the freeway was was being built. Are you serious? Because mm. it's just right out in the middle of nowhere. Fuck! It just mm. shows you how much of the world we don't even know, even if it's not covered. Yep. It's fucking just don't even know. Yep. Because I haven't been there. What the hell? All right, that's that's once. Um. But I, yeah, I I hundred percent believe that that it was the development of an actual sphinx. Yes, for sure. I think it is too. Do you think the Egyptians did it, or it was done by the, as you say, Pakistan? Pakistan. Pakistanis. Do you think it was done by the Pakistanis? I don't even think they were Pakistan at the time, but um. No, but I, the people that lived there yeah. or it was done by the Egyptians who came there and then they maybe wanted yeah. to build something in I think, for um, themselves. Or, I think- But why there? Maybe something to do with the planets? You know, they, all their shit was lined up with the planets. Well, yeah, maybe true. Maybe that was super true, important. True. And there's pyramids all over the world. Yeah, too. you know what? I want to know which direction this is facing. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting uh, to find okay, out. Okay, yeah. Because the Sphinx, this is another, this is um according to Graham Hancock's um journals that which which i highly recommend listeners to check out all his stuff is is incredible mm. um which um it lines up with the whole um th- theory that i've been i 100 percent believe that we are a, a species with amnesia where um he's pretty concretely shown that the sphinx was created well before the time that uh, Egyptologists say it was, and even the the pyramids, as far back as we think the pyramids were built, they were as equally oh, as far yes, back built yes. than that. And oh, so, um, yeah, it was more like um, th- there was there before they even showed up. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Egyptians that we know, they they're like pretty modern cons- con- compared to the actual uh, creation of the pyramids and the Sphinx. And uh, the Sphinx itself is like covered in this um, rainfall degradation from years of um, heavy, heavy uh, deluge. And the only time it's rained that heavily for that a period of time is in a specific time in history during this great cataclysm that would have sent all this dust into the sky and caused a lot of rainfall uh. ages and ages. And he got professionals and of um, and showed just close-up pictures of the rocks and showed the, the, um, the erosion... Uh, and they were, and he was like, "Is this um, the same? Is this um, showing characteristics of erosion from water?" And they all said yes. And then he showed them the full picture, and they w- didn't want to believe it. And he's been labelled as like a pseudoscientist and stuff like that. I hate that shit. Yeah, and even the Sphinx itself—it's clearly meant to be a big cat. It's a human face, but the human face is a lot smaller than the body, which doesn't make sense. It would have been built all to propor- proportionally to scale, and the big cat is facing a specific direction, which if it were to be built around the same time that he says it to, it would have been built, it would have been the exact pointing position of the age of Leo, I think at the beginning of the summer solstice. It's too perfect to not coincide with the timeline, he says. Mm. That they could build this shit back then. Yeah. I wonder what the hell they were doing it for. Man, um, uh, uh, there must some. be some spiritual importance to it. They were on like some. some sort of spiritual channeling. Yeah, I believe. Isn't there something under the Sphinx that they haven't let anyone see? There's like a big cavity under there. I don't know. I have to look into that. I I feel like I remember seeing there's a little gap at the back where you could see something down there. People have tried to get down there. 
have yeah. to look into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, from your question earlier, I think that this uh, civilization that would have developed the pyramids and stuff like that may have, um, I think they may have just spread really far. I think they might have op- operated because, you know, the, the countries that we have now, they're very modern countries. Yeah. Um, these regions were just like way different back in the day. So I think, um, yes, definitely the, the people that were in, that built the Sphinx may have um, built this. And that's before the Egyptians even showed up. Yeah, so yeah. that's crazy. I, I I believe the Egyptians are a race of people who have came come back to that area, who may have been from that area originally, or they stumbled across that across that area and um, absorbed all that knowledge and religion um, because they were close enough related to the people that were originally there. But so, I see. Yeah. I, I believe in um, this great reset that would have happened um, during the younger Dries period. Very cool. Hmm. I want to dive deep on that subject one day. I would love to go into it with you, man. Yeah. I, I'm very passionate about episode. that. Yeah. Future episode. But um, ah, it's so interesting. I just want to know what the hell it was for. I know, man. I know. Me too. It's such a big Marvel. It'd be driving um historians crazy. And it, what I don't like, though, about the historians is that if it disproves the their theory, they're like, no, no, can't exist. Well, that's then the my thing. theory gets pr- disproved. And then the ego comes into place before the actual fact. Yeah. The, the Egyptologists don't want to budge with this concrete evidence. It's so blatantly obvious, but there's so much money to be made and, and all, you know, history books that have already been written and all these journals that they don't want to budge. The model is set in stone and they don't want to, they don't want to change it. And um, I feel like there's so much proof that it needs to be re-looked at. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just teaching everyone the wrong shit yeah. about our about our humans' history. And man, the longer we leave it, the more history is going to get erased. How much shit has happened throughout the years where priceless um, architecture and sculptures have just been destroyed? Remember when ISIS just went through and just destroyed all that like yeah, yeah. Um, amazing uh, sculptures and things like that? That's like history, man. Is is terrible. Imagine what's been done over thousands of years of destruction. During the time when, like, the pyramids were just freaking found by, like, the Western countries and they were just, you know, the odds and oddities were such a big thing and everyone was just like, oh, I have this rare diamond skull. I'll just, here you go, buy it from me, buy it from me in America. And then that goes around and some random person in America passes it down through lineages and just this priceless artifact is just sitting in someone's basement or some shit. Yeah, you know? yeah and they got no clue. They got no clue about how the worth of it. I think recently I remember seeing, um, uh, what's his name? Caesar. What was his name? What was his actual name? Julius Caesar. Was his name something else? Julius Caligula. Caesar. Huh? Who's Caligula? Well, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Who's Caligula? I don't know. Is Caligula... Yeah, okay. Caligula is Julius Caesar. Okay. Um, is it? Yeah. What? Um, is that his real name? Yeah, I believe. Oh. Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus. <laughs> Such a long name. Also known by his nickname Caligula. Okay, nickname. Um, obviously, he was known as a big orgy man. Yeah. And he had these crazy, crazy- <laughs> The big orgy <laughs> man. <laughs> Let me try and bring up a picture of his- These ships that were built for his freaking orgies, dude. Like- these, What? These things- I have never heard Look of at this these. Shit. He would have just sex parties on these uh, fantastic grand ships, right? Anyway- <laughs> I think they were burnt or something like that and they sunk to this uh, lake or whatever and um, one of the Italian rulers at the time knew he drained the whole thing to salvage it 
And then I think some bits and pieces were taken away. And um, years and years and years later, someone freaking had one of the tiles from this ship as a bloody coffee table and he was using it for years. He had no idea how important it was. How did he find out and it this was is, from the ship? This is literally a 2,000-year-old mosaic from Caligula's orgy ship goes from the co- from coffee table to return relic. <laughs> Imagine that. You're just having coffee and donuts and you're just dropping shit on it and this thing's been like, had just all sorts of genitals all over, just slathered all over it. <laughs> wow. Well, you don't know what, you st- what the ground you're standing on is half the time. No. Nah. Imagine that, man. And, like, that was just sold. That reminds me of... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fucking cool. I hate that, man. Like, that's history. It's It was in pristine condition. Then. And I bet you the person that sold a belly would have even made much at the time. No. You know? It reminds me of the Antiques Roadshow episode I saw where this guy came in and he's, like, got these, like, amazing porcelain vase, uh, vases or whatever. Mm. And he's had a collection of them. In, and then they... The guy who was looking at them was actually, like, the... The valuator was shaking. Oh. He's like, I have never seen... He's like, the moment I saw this, I knew I had to come look at it. Yeah. And he's looking at the bottom, looking at the thing, and he's like, this is from like the like third century, uh, like um, Jing Dynasty fucking... Wow. Like antique. Like the, the king would have owned this of wow. China. He's like, he would have had this uh, in his house... And, you know, he's looking at the bottom and he's like, it's got the inscription. It's got the three-piece set. It's all together. It's like a teapot as well. And he's like, oh, shit, I bought this at the junk shop. I've been using it as an umbrella rack for like 20 years. And it was worth like $2 million. Dude, I, how do you how do you hold on to pottery that long and not get break it, you know? Pottery oh, of just, all things, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, of ours. That, it's just like I keep it near the, the door. From the second century, holy crap, that whoever... I want to shake everyone's hand that has Hell, owned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Th- that like- not broken it. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, like a kid just running passing it. Oh, well, there's a junk. I know. A pottery is something that breaks all the time. To hold it, how long is two, two century? From two century to here? That's like, what? Uh, it's like 1,400 years. <sighs> 1,400 years. Yes. That, I can't believe that did not break. That is amazing. Um Wow, that's that's very. Uh, don't impressive. quote me on the year, but um, impressive though. Still very it was impressive. incredible. Very impressive, man. Um, watching that guy, like you know, he's like floored by the. My God, I cannot believe I've just been sitting this, and he's like, I just drove it in my car in the back seat or whatever. Oh my <laughs> God, dude! And he, the guy would have been like holding it with like these cotton gloves and like being so delicate. And he's like, he would have just taken it out of the boot, like reach over shit and just dragged it out. I can't believe he was just holding it up and lifting it upside down. I would have been just too scared. I would have been, yeah. I would have been. I would. I would want it in a full like f- uh, fortress structure that you can look at, but it you can shake be- it and it won't even budge. Yeah, There's like so much like- shock resistance and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how I'd want it. Oh, dude, you just reminded me. Have you Tell seen me. the top of um? Oh, fuck! What is that tower called in um China? People uh, of that listen to the podcast, do you have anything that is incredibly rare that you are, you can talk about? Let us know in the comments. I'd love to know what are, what are some ancient um, oddities you have? Any uh, artisanal things that have been passed down? Any relics? That have been passed down through ancestors. Let us know. Are you a descendant of Caligula? Okay. I came across this the other day. Um, have you seen this thing? I don't know what I'm looking at. Right, just, just look at it. What is this? This is inside of a um, skyscraper. Right. right. 
This is inside of a skyscraper because the skyscraper is so tall that the sway of the wind, it needs this counterbalance in the top of the tower to stop the tower collapsing. That's how much the wind sways. Because it could bend so so much and snap. Yeah. So, this thing is called- Being chilling. uh, The- so it's a 1600 foot tall Taipei, uh, Taipei 101, the tallest, bu- was the tallest building in the world. Even though it's since it's given up to t- title to the Burj Khalifa, the iconic Taiwanese super tall is still damned impressive. And in this past weekend, its terminal set a new record while keeping upright in a typhoon. Oh. Right? Like all super tall skyscrapers, Taipei 101 has a mechanism inside of it to help stabilize itself in high winds. These dampers don't keep a tower from swaying in high winds. You can definitely feel a tall tower move, but they do keep that momentum movement controlled. This thing weighs 728 tons. The ball. The ball. Oh my God. The ball is... They had to suspend this 90... Two floors into the sky and carry it up with multiple cranes, building cranes upon cranes upon cranes. So they'd have the cranes build the crane mm. to then build that crane to then build the crane. Jeez. Like 10 times. How? That is impressive engineering. And they man. had to pull 728. I can't tons. even picture that. How, how could you How could you lift something that heavy? I can't picture anything man made they can hoist that and much then they weight. They had to build these crazy friggin' like. You know, piston devices that allow it to sway in the wind and counterbalance. I saw this and was like, what the fuck? The typhoon was 135 miles an hour wind. You know, when you go outside on a super windy day here in Australia, it's Mm. like 35 Ks. And how much was that? Uh, Probably about almost 200 kilometers an hour. And imagine up at the top that high. Oh, yeah. It's crazy that they like, it's it's scary that they have to build buildings to be able to sway. It's... Terrifying. They have to build it like that. Terrifying. Anyway, yeah, this thing- uh, uh, Globe suspended between the 87th and the 92nd floors, part of the movement you can see building around. It's a giant movement damper. Is it um, mechanically sinking when it builds, so it forces itself the opposite way to kind of counteract? It's just counterbalancing. Yeah, Yeah. it's counterbalancing with computers. It's like a pendulum thing. No, no. It doesn't just stand in place. It's like the um, there's a computer, I think. Wow, dude, that is impressive and kind of scary. I mean- Imagine just for decorations, they have a glass ceiling so you can see it right in the distance, just hovering above no, everyone. So people can look, go, you can go look at it, I think, from the floors. Wow. And there's a, um, there's also like a, a button that tells you when you go in the elevator and you're going to near the top floors, it's like telling you the G-force of how quick you're going up and the kilometers per hour you're moving up. It goes faster and faster. Like it accelerates it's so up. fast. It's like, yeah. It takes like a minute. I know just that, like um, insane speed. That that uh, really tall building in Malaysia. I know that that is so tall that you can reach terminal velocity if you jump off it. That's how tall wow. it is, and it's so tall that um, Ramadan. Um, there's signs in the building. Oh, the for- Burj Khalifa. Is that in Dubai? Yeah, that's Dubai. Is that what you're talking about? The Ramadan building. Oh, for some reason I was. Yeah, maybe it's the, maybe it's the one in Dubai. Um, yeah, and, and and it has um signs in the foyer, and then some di- different signs higher up because the sun sets at different times on this tower. Yeah, because that Ramadan affects. Yeah, it's so tall. Ramadan has two different time zones in it. Crazy. Jesus Christ. Crazy. But, um, why does it need to be so big? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't even know if I would want to set foot in that. I don't care how big it is. It's not in marble enough to me. It just that to me is like let's do the most dangerous thing we possibly can. Yeah. Um, I don't see that lasting the test of time. 
What do you mean? The pendulum thing? The whole building. I don't know. I can't it's see been it. standing for a while. I can't see it and lasting it like up in hundreds a of years. Hundreds of years, you reckon something like that will be able to- With maintenance, yeah? for sure. Yeah. Damn. Impressive. Well, I think Very just impressive. Well, they must have to do maintenance on it. I'm, I'm sure of that. Um, write that down. Yeah, write this down. Okay, that's it, man. We're done. We're done. Another episode of it. Wow, I think that was awesome, man. A lot, of, a good cool, episode. lot of cool stuff. Yeah, man, we pulled it all out. We pulled out all the fresh stops. Everybody, thank you again for listening to this episode and watching this episode of Double Dose. We'll catch you next week, Monday. See you guys. See ya. Bye.